1: Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. You hear from Pat on this show each and every week. You see him on TV. But how much do you really know about Pat? We're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about <laughs> Pat what is it like to retire with pat.com is the website by the way retire with com, but
0: <laughs> nice. that,
1: that will be our topic today. What is it like to retire with Pat? So Pat, let's start with how you got involved in financial services. You're one of those folks who have you've done this from a pretty early age, right?
0: It's the only thing I've done as a grown-up, So uh, I, would say, I would say so, which means it's been a long time. Yeah. There's really two things that happened for me, um, how I ended up being in financial planning. And the first one goes back to my 16th birthday. And I had been pretty close with one of my grandfathers uh, throughout my childhood. He lived about five hours away though. So we'd see each other a few times a year. So he called me to wish me a happy birthday, which I didn't think was too unusual. And we mm-hmm. were chatting a little bit. He said, Pat, I want to I have a surprise for you i said what is that he said i have decided you've worked so hard to get good grades and to have a job and those kinds of things i want to buy you a new car and i was just <laughs> stunned yeah. i couldn't believe I, you know it's kind of like drop the phone kind of a situation yeah. and so i was so excited so we were talking about then you know we went and, where where would we do that what would we get all these kinds of things and i'm just i'm kind of floating away from the phone as i hand it to my mom who um you know it's her dad and uh, so they talk for a few minutes, and then she hangs up the phone. She says, Pat, I need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, what is it? And she said, you're not getting a car. And, <laughs> of course, I was not—I was no longer floating anymore. Right. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, Grandpa has always been fine financially, but since his medical problems started over the last few years, he's been in a nursing home the last couple of years. And so his monthly expenses have skyrocketed. Uh, my mom was handling all his finances. So he didn't realize uh, that he didn't have extra money to mm-hmm. buy me a car. So that was kind of personally devastating to me as a 16 year old. But as I was getting close to graduating college, uh, I had always been uh, interested in economics, finance, investing, and all those things. But I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And as I started interviewing, I started learning about these financial planning jobs. Every time I did, I kept thinking about my grandpa and how that situation affected him, affected my mom, you know, the entire family really, you know, the finances and the stress from all of that. So that was the first part of it. And then the second one is when I went in, uh, I I ended up working with John Hancock in their financial planning division out of college. And when I interviewed with the big boss there, uh, he said, the reason I do what I do is for three things. I want my job to be meaningful, profitable, and fun. Meaningful meaning I can help people. Profitable meaning I can make a good living and support my family. And fun meaning I can enjoy what I'm doing. And that, just blew me away hmm. because I saw my dad work his entire career in a job he didn't like, and so those two things came together, Jen. And mm-hmm. uh, just I'm just so blessed that I took that leap out of college, and here we are over 25 years later. And uh, I mean, how many people are fortunate enough to find the career that they love right out of college?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is such a. Um, you had a couple of really powerful things that influenced your decision to take the path that you did. But talk a little bit about as far as your relationship and your interest with finance, even before these things, even at a younger age, did you have any important lessons from your childhood that kind of got you interested or thinking about money? And talk a little bit about that and, and who you would have learned that from.
0: Yeah, my family, I would say, his, uh, everyone in my family, I, I'd say I was raised where in those old traditional ideals of you didn't put things on credit, you saved mm-hmm. to buy something, you didn't yep. get a lot of debt, those kinds of things. Um, so money was definitely something that was discussed when I was young. But the story that I, I always love to tell, uh, so I have to ask you, Jen, I don't think I've ever asked you this before. So when you were a little kid and you would ask for something at the store, did your parents have any kind of knee-jerk reaction, <laughs> like if they were dismissing you? What, did Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and most of the time it was because there were three of us running around bothering everybody, so it's just like, be quiet and leave me alone.
0: (laughs) So my mom, at some point, decided that she was just going to shut down every request with, we can't afford it. Uh, So that was her line. So I'm setting you up for when I was... Six or seven years old, my mom makes this big deal. Hey, guess what? We're going down to the YMCA, and we're signing you up for swim lessons. Nice. And I am so excited. And so we walk in the YMCA, and I see the little folding table up front with the person behind it for the registration. And just the line of people that looks like it's going four miles long. It was probably like 12 people or something like that. But it looked like a lifetime away. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. We finally get to the front of the table, and now there's all these people behind us. And the lady says, great, that'll be $3. And I grab my mom's arm. I said, mommy, can we afford it? (laughs) To this day, day, she says it was the most embarrassing moment of her life, but (laughs) it it just strikes me that we're so impressionable as kids, of course, and my girls are not too far off from that age now, and I do always try to be careful about how I talk about money Mm -hmm. because I realize they're listening and they're watching all the time.
1: And I think so many parents can probably relate to that type of thing, either (laughs) something kind of coming back to bite them. I know when I was a kid, my mom offered to make homemade chocolate chip cookies for me to take to school for my turn to take snacks. but. I insisted that she buy Little Debbie's because I didn't want everybody (laughs) to think we were too poor to afford oatmeal cream pies. So, you know, we all, (laughs) there's all parents out there have those have those, uh, oh my goodness, are you kidding me, moments. But now, Pat, the tables have turned because you are a dad yourself. Uh, Let's talk about those lessons for your girls and getting them off. Like you were saying, you think it's really important how you talk to them about money. What are some of the things that you do and, and how are some of the ways you talk to them?
0: Yeah, I, um, it's such a good question. And it's hard to, you know, when life comes at you fast, you, it's not like you're sitting around for hours thinking about when they ask you a random question about money, right? <laughs> so I think the, the most important things that we try to convey is that uh, money comes from work. And so if they ask for something, then typically the answer is not no, but the answer is what type of work are you going to do to earn that money? And then the other thing we do like to instill in them is that if they are doing work or if they're getting some type of allowance or whatever we want to call that, they have three options for that money. One is that they can do whatever they want and spend it on some silly toy. One is to save it if they have something big that they're excited about. So it teaches them that delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is Uh, giving to our church, that we want them thinking of others and not just being all about things for themselves. So I think those are probably the two things that come to mind right away.
1: Yeah. Those are good conversations to have. And Pat, I know you said working in financial services, helping people with retirement, this is the only thing you've done as a grown-up, quote-unquote. <laughs> but what about before that? Any experiences from your very first job? I, I I'm not even sure. What what did you do for, a, for part-time work when you were younger?
0: <laughs> well, my very first jobs uh, were um, paper routes, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a classic one. And I think that That was really, really good for me, just teaching the ethic of hard work, um, teaching the consistency. uh, Because if you have, you know, I had uh, one route that was weekly where it was like 10 gajillion uh, papers I had to do (laughs) once a week, which was awful, but six days off. And then I had one where it was every day. Well, when you have the everyday paper out, guess what? doesn't matter how you feel when you get home from school. You yeah. got to deliver your paper. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was interesting. The Sunday paper we joked was about as big as I was at the time. So I learned compassion from my father because he'd help me, you know, kind of prep everything and kind of balance me on the bike to get me off on the road. Um, so those were the first <laughs> ones. the uh, The first actual job out of the house was uh, actually at a movie theater. And uh, I always thought, like, why doesn't everyone want to work at the movie theater? You get free movies, <laughs> you get free drinks, free popcorn, like it's, the it's living the life. So <laughs> the hourly wage wasn't so good, but uh, <laughs> the rest of it was, was great.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, especially when you talk about, gosh, those paper route type jobs. I mean, that is is dedication right there, having to learn how to fulfill that commitment. And I'm guessing that type of job really has some of those lessons there have really carried you through to the dedication and commitment to your staff and to your clients and to the people that you serve.
0: I hope so, Jen. I think that as our company has grown, I've realized, you know, there was a time, I always joke, there was a time that preservation specialist was Pat Struby. You know, Mm -hmm. I was not only the only financial advisor, I was the one, you know, calling and confirming meetings and folding and stapling the newsletters. So, um, and so now, you know, we have, there's 11 of us now. And as we grow, I've come to realize as much as I love working with my clients, I need to be a good leader uh, to our team. And that's an area that I've worked at because it wasn't something I was certainly wasn't something I was thinking about when I was leaving college. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's one of those things where you want to lead by example and you also want to instill that fire in everyone on our team because I don't want preservation specialists to be a job. I want it to be something that we're passionate about. I mean, we have the opportunity to change people's lives for the better. And if someone comes to us and they're scared and they're worried about their finances and we can help give them enough confidence to retire and enough peace of mind to really just relax and enjoy that retirement. I mean, that can be life changing. And that's what it's all about for us.
1: And Pat, let's just talk a little bit about real quickly before we get to our first break. I know you've told me this before that the first folks that you helped were your own folks. You helped your parents Mm -hmm. to start off. Just talk about the fundamentals of what goes into a plan that you all would put together for your clients, but and you would even trust this for your own family, for your own parents. Talk about what goes into that.
0: Yeah, I think what ends up happening in our industry is almost all the time people are talking about investments. What's your rate of return? You know, what's it invested in? What's the stock market doing? Mm-hmm. Investments are important, but there's so much more to having a successful retirement. So we talk about five areas. You need to have an income plan so you know how much you're going to be spending in retirement and where that money's going to come from. You do need an investment plan because most people have to create some of that income from their investments in retirement. We need to have a tax plan because we think tax rates are gonna be going up in the future, so we need to be prepared for that. We need a healthcare plan. So that we know when you know healthcare costs go up in retirement, we have a plan for that. And finally, we need an estate plan uh, so that when we're gone, our loved ones are protected. And all of those things really fit together to be a comprehensive retirement plan. We call it a custom-built retirement plan because we know there's no two people that are alike. And the first step is just sitting down with one of our planners. We call it a five-step retirement review. And we do that at no cost and no obligation because we want to have that opportunity to talk and see if there's any way we can be of help to get started, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, there's no cost and no obligation. To get started, just call 803-9-RETIRE.
1: This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back.
2: Hi, this is John Farley. For the past 12 years, you've seen me on TV. But before becoming a meteorologist, my first degree was actually in finance. My parents, like a lot of people, didn't know much about the financial world. As a result, they got exploited by some not-so-honest folks. That's why finance has always been a passion of mine. And for the last six years, I've been working with the team at Preservation Specialists to help people just like you plan for your retirement. What I love about Preservation Specialists is that we are locally owned and fiercely independent. That means we simply work for you. If that's what you want in a financial advisor, then give us a call now at 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Don't make the same mistakes my parents did. Work with an advisor who can help get you to and through retirement successfully, 803-9-RETIRE.
3: Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital, Inc.
2: To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review. Call right now, 803-973-8473, that's 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He's the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. RetireWithPat.com is the website if you'd like to learn a little bit more. And Pat, I want to talk a little bit about something, a phenomenon that homeowners across America have to deal with <laughs> each and every year. We're going to relate it back to finances, but the whole concept of spring cleaning. Now, it's not a lot of fun to do it, (laughs) but it feels so good to I have such a sense of accomplishment after I have got done with whatever the big task is. So I don't know, you know, for you guys, if it's yard work, I don't know. But what do you have? What, what's your big spring cleaning thing to tackle? Oh,
0: my goodness, Jen. I mean, the list never ends, right? When you're a, <laughs> if you own a home or have a family. And uh, I will say that I have that planner. Tendency, and I have some OCD, so I'm the type of person. If you've ever been to the Container Store,
3: mm-hmm. like I
0: love those types of places. <laughs> the theory of organizing everything is so exciting to me, but then it's very sad when it doesn't actually happen in real life, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that is a challenge. Now, I I will fess up to something here also. So, and this isn't even a spring cleaning thing. This is just like a weekend cleaning my house thing when it's time to go in and you know scrub the floors and get everything all cleaned back up again. And I just love how the floors gleam and just how the Mm. house smells. Yeah. But I found at Target this candle, and it smells so much like the cleaner that I use (laughs) that I can kind of trick myself into. I can fake it and enjoy (laughs) the aftermath of the clean house without actually scrubbing the floors but that probably defeats the purpose of what that's we're
0: hilarious. talking <laughs> oh my a, goodness this is
1: something i came across something it's I came the across.
0: new car smell for <laughs> exactly. The, um, yeah exactly yeah, for the kitchen great.
1: floors that's right <laughs> but again it's not always fun to roll up our sleeves and get the work done but when it comes to spring cleaning decluttering the garage you know going under the deck and cleaning things out whatever it is that you have to do it feels good when it's done pat let's talk about how we might do a deep clean spring cleaning for our finances is that kind of like an annual review what would we be looking at on an annual basis there
0: yeah you know the two things that i think about with that jen is um first of all uh, it's of course you can't just put your money on autopilot forever and just assume everything's fine right But the one thing that I would think about there is, first of all, it depends on how many people are involved and who's managing things. So if you are uh, handling your finances yourself, you probably need to check in more often because if that's not what you do for a living, that means you're doing everything else for a living and that's Mm. on the side. Uh, Whereas if you're hiring someone like us, that's our job to actually be on top of that and to be watching it. So that's one comment I would make. And then the second one is everyone probably is a little bit different about what they want to have the most focus on. So we do have, you know, we always talk about custom building our retirement plans. And we have some clients that are kind of, I guess, to, to either extreme, some people who really enjoy the details, others who... Um, kind of, I always joke. They hand us the pile of statements, and they and they say, "Send us a deposit every month. And let us let us know if there's ever a problem." You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. And there's Walk probably a, yeah, exactly. There's probably a happy medium somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, we need to be looking at so many different areas of finances, making sure you know when we have someone in for a review. The first thing we're talking about is what's new with you. What's going on with you? Is your income? If you're retired, mm-hmm. is your income working for you? Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see how how your lifestyle is going. And then of course, there's all the other nuts and bolts with your tax plan and investment plan and things like that. So those are two thoughts that I think are two different ways of looking at it that I think would be important to consider.
1: Right. And you know, Pat, when we're talking about some of this spring cleaning, so much of us, there's no shortage of stuff. It's a matter of organizing it, right? I I don't know anybody Mm -hmm. who says, oh, I don't have enough stuff in my garage or in my basement or <laughs> or in my attic. We all have enough stuff. We just need to get it organized. And you turn that, you know, let's talk about that from a retirement planning perspective. There might be a lot of people out there who have enough stuff. They have enough money mm-hmm. saved, but they need that trip to the container store <laughs> to, to segment yes. it all out and put it in the right buckets, Right.
0: Yeah, I mean we we joke about and and most people you know if we're speaking to a group most most people just smile and nod their heads. We we talk about having essentially a financial junk drawer in our lives. Yes. Because, and the reason we say this that is that you may not literally have one, but conceptually you do in the sense that For the vast majority of us, no one ever has a grand master plan for how your finances pull together. It's literally, you become a grown up and you realize, okay, I need a checking account. Okay. I need a credit card. You buy a house. Now I I have a mortgage. I need homeowner's insurance. I need to make sure my health insurance is, oh, I got a new job. I need to sign Mm -hmm. up for the 401k. Like none of these things are put together (laughs) with any kind of organization or plan. And how do you keep track of all that stuff? Well, maybe when they send you a quarterly statement or an annual renewal or something like that. So uh, what we really want to look at is we want that checklist to think of what are the most important things. So anything that pertains to generating your income or what you're going to be spending in retirement would be part of the income area checklist. Anything pertaining to your nest egg, like your 401k uh, IRAs, Roth IRAs would be in your investment checklist. Um, anything pertaining to your taxes, in your taxes checklist. Anything pertaining to insurance would be in your healthcare insurance. And then anything pertaining to your estate, like your beneficiaries or your will or something like that. So we can have those five checklists and now we've got a way to categorize them and organize them so you can look at each area individually and not be overwhelmed. And Those are the kinds of things that we help our clients with and uh, that's why we offer an opportunity to sit and talk with one of our financial planners to help you see if you're on track and if you can kind of pull those things together and help get those organized. We do that at no cost and no obligation if you call 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, we call it our five-step retirement review to cover those five areas. No cost and no obligation for listeners of our show. Call now at 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. Again, author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And talking a little bit about that idea of spring cleaning when it comes to our homes and inside and outside. Comparing that to a kind of a spring cleaning When it comes to your finances and that spring cleaning checklist, Pat, it's going to look a little different from year to year, right? Because you have some of those typical things that you're going to go and do, but then depending on what mother nature has done to your yard and your roof and your house over the course of the past year, that might change things up a little bit too, Let's talk a little bit about some of those big events that might cause some bigger changes to our financial plans every year. Sometimes it's just minor tweaks, but we might have some things that really call for some big adjustments and some big changes with our financial plans.
0: Yeah, we really think that the you know having a strategy session to look at your plan on, on an annual basis is just a smart thing to do because if you don't do that, then it could become two, three, four years and all of a sudden everything's out of date. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, the bigger rule that we use with our clients is we want to tell them if there's anything going on with your plan where we feel like it's important that we talk, we're going to proactively reach out to you and at the same time, we want the exact same thing to be coming from you, which means if there's something going on in your life or if something has changed or your needs have changed, we want you to let us know. So with a lot of our clients, what ends up happening is we're not having a session to look things over by calendar. It ends up being mm-hmm. by events. And so I think that we've found that that's actually more productive because you're not meeting just to meet. You're actually getting together uh, to accomplish something.
1: Yeah. And, and so that's important to keep in mind that sometimes it's based on events, life changes, things that are happening. But Pat, I think we also want to point out, especially as we get closer to retirement age, there are some certain age milestones that we need to be mindful of as well. Not necessarily prompting a meeting, but just things that we need to be mindful of when it comes to when we can do things like take money from our retirement accounts or when we have to take money from our retirement accounts. Those are some things that we need to keep in mind also when we are going through our our kind of our, our spring cleaning checklist for our finances, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think you know starting at age fifty is when you can uh, increase your contributions to retirement accounts. Um, the biggest one, probably for a lot of people on their mind, is fifty nine and a half. That's when you can start to tap into tax deferred accounts like four hundred one ks and IRAs without penalties. In fact, we have uh, I have long time clients where there's an age gap and uh, they've been retired for a long time, uh, but I think the husband is now in his early seventies and she literally just turned fifty nine and a half. So we've had this in our database that as soon as she turns 59 and a half, we need to get together because that opens Hmm. up access to all these different accounts. So that's Mm -hmm. a great example of that. Um, 62, I think would be important because that's the earliest you could claim social security. Um, most of our clients are not claiming it at that point, but some are. So that's a good one to keep in mind. 65 would be, uh, Medicare, and then uh, age 70 is the latest that you can continue growing your social security benefits. And then, um, as of right now, um, they're talking about changing this, but hmm. required distribution to start at age 72. Used mm-hmm. to be 70 and a half. Right. Uh, it's one of those things that there, there's often confusion about. So, um, there are a number of ages. Um, that are important to be aware of. And those, that's one of those things, you know, once someone hires us, we just kind of keep those on, on our list to, to make sure if, you know, if we're meeting with someone periodically, we know when those dates are That really pulls together the idea of, when we do a review uh, for someone the first time, that's kind of the first step to building a custom-built retirement plan. And what we're trying to do there is build a plan, but not something that just sits on a shelf. It's something that is living and breathing, and we're working on it. We're adjusting it, and um, you know, we're making changes when when they're appropriate uh, for that client. And those are the kinds of things that we think are important to make sure you have the retirement that you're looking for. If you don't have a relationship like that, if you don't have a plan like that, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer our five-step retirement review for listeners of the show. So at no cost and no obligation. Once again, just call 803-9-RETIRE.
1: This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back.
0: You've heard Pat on radio.
2: Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the seven o'clock news on WIS-TV,
1: Columbia's NBC Channel 10.
2: Pat's new book the retirement secret is now available it's a companion to his first book save your retirement order yours right now at amazon.com
1: thanks for joining us today on save your retirement with pat Struby. pat is the founder of preservation specialists he is the author of the books save your retirement and the retirement secret and today we are comparing our spring cleaning list around the house to our spring cleaning list for our finances. And Pat, you know, you think about that spring cleaning list around your home. And some of those things are very manageable. Decluttering the garage, right? Doing a little yard work, getting some things shaped back up again, maybe repainting some trim. That's very doable. But then there are other tasks that you're thinking The deck needs to be redone, and I would Mm. like to go out and sit there and set down my glass of lemonade and not have it tip because the deck (laughs) is crooked when I put it back in myself. Or uh, in our house, we're having discussions about siding, and this is a thing that I think— We need to talk to somebody about. So, you know, I mean, we, we've all been there, Pat, where we get in over our heads with this home improvement project and all of a sudden we're thinking, why did I do this? It would have saved me so much time to have somebody come in and do this for me.
0: You are. Um, I maybe I'm not the best person to talk to about this, Jen, because I can't do anything myself. <laughs> so you so don't try. <laughs> when you say some things are small, like decluttering the garage, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that sounds like just. <laughs> I don't want to spend a weekend decluttering the garage. You know what I mean? I know. But I get what you mean, though. Then when you compare that to, you know, a renovation or something sure. like that, clearly there's different levels of not only a uh, degree of difficulty and expertise required. That's when you, you need the, a professional. Advice.
1: Right. And and some people love those do-it-yourself projects. Some people, it's yeah. it's really their thing. And I don't want to discourage somebody. But when we're talking about something that's really outside of your realm, outside of your area of expertise, like preparing for retirement and all the financial changes that happen there, let's just talk about the impact getting at least a second opinion can have to, just to make sure the decisions that you're making and the way you're putting this thing together will actually work out the way that you hoped it would.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, when, when you think about the impact of, you know, working with a financial professional for retirement, I think of the first thing is, how do you want to be spending your time as you approach retirement and then in retirement? Now, if you consider that type of planning a hobby, that's very different than if it's a (laughs) chore, right? Or if it's taking away from the things you really want to do. And I think this is something, you know, during my adult lifetime, I don't know if you feel this way, Jen, like, I think America is changing about that, right? We used to be more of, you know, it was almost, you felt guilty about hiring someone to do something. And and I remember when I was younger, I thought I would always mow my lawn. And then someone, (laughs) someone made the comment, like... You know, hey, you've only got a certain number of hours to spend with your family or do the things that you want to do. Is that how you want to be spending it? And I realized, no, I have allergies. It's miserable (laughs) doing this, you know. So I think that's the first step. The other one that I would mention is, uh, and of course this is from someone, you know, doing this my whole adult life, is I have met people, they've come in for a second opinion and they've got a lot of things in good shape and they do it themselves and they like it and they're happy with it. Uh, But it may be more complicated than they imagined. Mm, Uh, And mm -hmm. that's where I think, you know, I've seen people that come in and they enjoy tinkering with their investments or handling their investments, and they probably don't need anyone to do that. Uh, But then, you know, are they are they doing that in the most tax efficient way possible? Is it tied in together with how they're drawing their income? Uh, And I guess the third thing I would add to that, you know, people that write about retirement for a living, one of the big topics they bring up is the likelihood of cognitive decline. So Mm. as we reach our 70s and 80s, it doesn't mean that we, we, you know, suddenly have dementia or anything like that, but maybe we're just not being, you know, as wise, making as wise decisions or as clear or as quick decisions And is that really something you want, do you want to be doing, you know, subpar work when you're dealing with your, your retirement finances? Um, And so that's where another value, maybe you don't even, we've had people hire us to say, I don't really need you right now, but I know I will need you later, or I want to protect my spouse um, Mm -hmm. down the road. And so those are, you know, some different thoughts on why people hire financial professionals in retirement.
1: Well, gosh, and there's just so much to keep track of, Pat, when you think about, I mean, I think about my struggle right now, trying to remember passwords and account (laughs) numbers. It's a challenge. So, you know, and that's that's not even like a mental decline thing. It's just like, there's so much to keep track of. So do you really want to be worrying about all of those things for that long? And Pat, you mentioned something here that I want to ask you a little bit more about when we're talking about people who are able to save money, and they come up with a way that they think they're going to start taking this money out. But that word tax efficient really stood Mm. out to me. So let's talk about what that means and what people are overlooking. If they are building their plans on their own, what are they potentially missing out on as it relates to being tax efficient?
0: Yeah, I think one of the philosophies that we have is that Wall Street has been built on Managing money for people and collecting, siphoning fees off of that money. Essentially, yes. <laughs> it's yes. basically. And I'm not saying that you know everything about Wall Street is bad, but they're very profitable. And so, what a lot of people decide is, hey, I don't want them taking all my money. I'm going to manage my money myself. And so, all of these people are talking about just investments. They're not really talking about retirement planning, if that makes sense. And the problem comes from that is you're not giving any thought to the tax angle. And the thing is, you know, one of the, one of the things we talk about is if you make money on your investments, that's wonderful, but you could also still lose the money. Whereas if you save money in taxes in a year, that's money saved forever. uh, Because it's not like whatever you filed for your income taxes last year, that can't be changed. And so, I think that's an important thing to think about. So, when we talk about a tax-efficient strategy, we always come back to, you know, we had uh, best-selling author David McKnight on the show a couple of times over the last few years. And he talks about the three buckets of money, the three ways you can be taxed. Uh, The first way is a taxable account which would be just like a brokerage account or a savings account where you pay taxes every year. The next would be tax-deferred, which is the way most of us save for retirement, 401ks and IRAs. And then the third would be tax-free, which would be something like a Roth IRA. And so the idea here is just to stop and think about, actually take a look at where you have your money right now and where you're contributing money and then have a plan for how you're actually going to take that out to support your income in retirement. And oh, by the way, we now have over $30 trillion of debt as a country, and every single expert believes the only way that's ever going to be resolved is if they raise income taxes. And Jen, we know the vast majority of people are deferring their taxes in that that Mm -hmm. second bucket. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense if we're deferring our taxes and we're expecting taxes to go way up in the future? So that's what we mean by being tax efficient. We believe... Even if you want to manage your own investments by working with a comprehensive retirement planner that can look at things like taxes, we absolutely believe it's possible that you could save tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes over your lifetime with a good plan. That's why we do offer that review at no cost and no obligation. It's an opportunity to look at your entire picture, including your tax picture going into and then through retirement. To get started, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Again, no cost and no obligation for listeners of today's show. That number is 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. I am Jen Rezac alongside that number one more time, 803-9-RETIRE. Or if you just want to hear the numbers as you're punching that into your phone, 803 973 Eighty-four seventy-three, Pat, such an important thing to point out as we talk a little bit about tax efficiency, some of those things that we just don't want to be overlooking. We've talked about this before on the show. That's the idea of having a checklist. I live off of lists. I've told you this before. (laughs) My grocery list, my to-do list. I have so many lists. Spring cleaning time is no different for me. I have kind of the, the long-term things and I have the short, you know, get these things done today and these things done by the end of the week kind of thing. Let's talk a little bit about what all needs to go on that financial spring cleaning checklist. What are some things that we want to make sure that we're looking at and that we have in place here during this time where we're thinking about spring cleaning for our finances?
0: Yeah, I think to me, Jen, I, I, I like the idea of Putting them into categories. So we have, you know, most of us, you know, are at least sometimes thinking about our investments. So yes. let's have an investments category. Let's, let's color
1: put- code those categories while we're at it, Pat. Can I we love do it. that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> You were talking about all your lists. I was going to ask you if you have a list list of your lists too. (laughs) Just
1: the master list. That's right. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yeah, so you have your investment section. I think you may want to color coordinate that green for money. You know, you want that to grow. Green means growth, also. So that's going to be your four hundred one k, your IRA, your you know maybe an inheritance uh, savings accounts and things like that. I would want to have anything that's tied to your retirement income, so that would be Social Security, pension, anything related to expenses. You know, maybe mortgage payments and things like that would all. Go, I would still put all those together because it has to do with how you're going to live on a monthly basis in retirement. Anything tied to taxes, of course, your tax returns and things like that would be in a third one. Um, anything related to any kind of insurance, and I would include in there health insurance, Medicare. Uh, long-term care insurance, disability insurance would all be in one category. And then finally, your estate, that would be your beneficiaries, your wills, your trusts, your power of attorney, all those kinds of things. Now, I know a lot of people might be thinking, well, I don't have anything in one one or Mm. two of those categories. That's okay, (laughs) right? I mean, you you want to kind of take stock of those things and be aware of that. And it might be that in your situation, you don't need to be thinking about that right now. Or it might be a good wake-up call to say, oh, I've got three out of five of those perfectly or four out of five, but I really need to look at this one. And that's right. that's a great, that's an example, Jenna, why you're bringing up spring cleaning is a, it's a refresher to help you kind of take, take a look at where you're at and where, where, where it's set up properly and where it could be improved.
1: Right. And, and sometimes it's not that something is totally missing from the list. It's just in the the wrong place and that's where we talk about that whole idea of of getting organized and that's part of this also Pat when we talk about that spring cleaning for our finances or getting that that review of our finances it, it's not as if you're going to be necessarily told you're doing a bad job or you don't have enough of this It just might not be in the right places, it might just be more of a repositioning, and I think that's just another important piece of this. Talk about that second opinion, Pat, just the importance of having somebody review what you've done and make some of those suggestions for where we can tweak things, because it might not be as bad as starting all over, which a lot of times we think that, Mm. it could just be some tweaks.
0: Well, and I would say, first of all, I understand that it can be very scary to basically just share all your finances with someone you don't really know. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And the thing that I always... Promise is at Preservation Specialists, it's a judgment free zone. Mm. And we don't expect anyone to be perfect with their finances. We are financial planners and so we're not perfect with our finances. It's impossible to, like you mentioned, it's so complicated. And the second thing is, there's always positives. We have people that come in all the time and they're so worried about their finances, but they've saved a nice amount in their 401k. They have social security benefits. They've been trying to pay down their mortgage. You know, you have all these different things. Yes, there may be things we need to fix or change or do that you haven't done before, but we're not going to ignore all the stuff you're doing right. If someone's getting serious about retirement, that means they've done some things right. And so we want to make sure we're incorporating that into the plan, and we want to accentuate those too. And so that's really what a review is all about. It's an opportunity to sit down and look at where you're at, but most importantly, talk about what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and help you see if you're on the right track to do that. And if you're not, help you get on the right track. And the beauty of that, once again, is there is no cost or obligation for listeners of the show, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. We call it our five-step retirement review because it covers the five most important areas of retirement. And again, there's no cost and no obligation if you call 803-9-RETIRE.
1: We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert Tim Hanbury.
3: So how do you pick a Medicare Advantage plan? The decision process is different with an Advantage plan than with a Medigap plan. Since you can change plans each year with no medical underwriting, the financial stability of the company is less important. If they raise their rates next year, you switch to a different plan. With Advantage plans, you must look at the provider networks to see if your doctor participates. Even if the plan lets you see non-participating doctors, you'll still want to know if they participate to see what your cost will be. You must also look at the prescription benefit to see if your current medications are covered. Many people don't take the time to research this and end up in the wrong plan. And this is where an agent can help you. We have software that lets us search the providers and prescriptions easily. There's no need for you to spend your time gathering this information. My experience is that large national companies tend to have fewer changes in benefits in provider networks over time, so you won't have to switch as often. Lastly, you still need Parts A and B of Medicare to join a Medicare Advantage plan, even if the plan has a zero premium.
1: Visit Tim's website, medicareblueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation.
2: Miss a show? Listen to Save Your Retirement Online at your convenience. Go to the radio tab at scpreservation.com.
1: Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, author of the books Save Your Retirement, and his newest book, The Retirement Secret. And we talk a lot about all the risks to your money in retirement. As a matter of fact. Pat, your first book, Save Your Retirement, was all about those risks, those villains in retirement. But we're going to talk about something a little bit different here because the Wall Street Journal says baby boomers' biggest financial risk is cognitive decline. Mm. Um. this is scary. This actually scares me. This is one of yeah. those things that keeps me up at night. It can rob you of your best judgment. It can go unnoticed for a long time. And it's something that we really need to be aware of. So with that thought in mind, we're going to go into our top five list for this week. It's the top five scams that you should be aware of. So kind of an interesting one.
0: I think so. I, I'm glad we're doing this topic and it is one of those things, Jen, that it's incredible. I always say if you could bottle the amount of effort that the quote unquote bad guys put into scamming mm. us, if you could bottle that for good, it would change the world. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be moving in a better direction. It just seems like they're working harder and harder at and, you know, and yeah. more and more. So we just have to be more and more ready for it. I and know. One of the reasons I think it's hard to talk about is no one likes to feel foolish or naive, but it, the reality is it affects all of us. They say that with emails, they call them phishing emails where they have bad links. It's actually millennials and Gen Z who tend to get tricked the most. Um, so it's not actually just something where you have to feel like it only happens to retirees. Um, by the way, Jen, I have to tell you that obviously we work with a lot of retirees or people close to retirement. Mm-hmm. And yet I remember uh, I was at a training about watching out for these types of emails. And the first person I talked to uh, after that, uh, where I found out there was a problem was uh, my beautiful wife, Janelle, who is younger than I am. Uh-oh. And I, I always assume more savvy. And she had an email and she said, boy, Apple sent me this email and I don't oh. understand why I owed them something. And I was like, I said no, 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 no! Oh, cancel no. everything! But yeah, so even, uh, even when she was certainly yeah. not el- elderly or or cognitive de- decline, but they're just so good at it, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, and they're, and they're getting better. They're getting more yeah. sophisticated. And you're right; it is very easy to click on that link or accidentally go to a site where something yeah. scammy is going on. So, and and I'm going to use that word scammy. I I I like that technical
0: term. Yeah, I'm going
1: to use it. (laughs) Um, So so this does come up. Now you just shared, you know, even even your wife has fallen victim to this. I have to my my daughter has uh, accident. She she got scammed. She she tried to order something online and and it wasn't real and it it was a whole deal Mm. Um, when it comes to things like scams or even elder abuse? I mean, you've been doing this for more than two decades now. Has, has this come up very much? Have, have you seen much of this?
0: I'm thankful to say that we haven't seen a lot of it with our clients, Jen. Uh, we, we have had identity theft issues, uh, certainly, I don't know how many of those times that's really been the quote unquote fault of our client or if it was just sometimes it just happens. But we've had people where, you know, let's say we are generating their retirement income from their portfolio and they have to change bank accounts because, you know, they got hacked in their bank account and things like that. So those are scary things, certainly. Um, I know I have a good friend uh, who's an advisor and he told me a story of a client asking to cash out literally $100,000 out of an account. And they did some digging and asked some questions, and they found out that she was being scammed, and they were able to, to catch it in time. So wow. these types of things happen, of course, to everyone uh, everywhere, and so we all just have to be prepared.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so I want to get into this real quickly, our top five list. And it I went straight to the top. It comes all the way from the top from the FBI. <laughs> so <laughs> they say in 2020 their Internet Crime Complaint Center – received almost 800,000 complaints, reported mm. losses exceeding $4 billion, about 28% of that, about $1 billion, Those were from victims over the age of 60. So mm. this is happening. They're tracking these things. And there are a couple of common scams that show up time and time again. So I'll, I'll go through these Uh, real quickly here. First is the romance scam. You've got these scammers posing as a a romantic partner through dating websites. They capitalize on, you know, loneliness and and they Mm -hmm. find a way to get close to you that way. So um, I I don't know if that's something that you've seen, but that's one. Tech support scam. This sounds like something that that you said uh, Janelle had. They're posing as Mm -hmm. these tech support reps. They offer to fix an issue that's actually non-existent um, and then they gain access to your device and your sensitive information. And I think this is an area where we can be vulnerable, Pat, because I'm one of those people who I don't really care to know a whole lot about the tech stuff. So it's like, <laughs> fine, whatever, just just tell me how to fix it. And if we have that attitude, I think that's how we can fall victim to something like I,
0: that. I totally agree. I, I, I consider myself reasonably tech savvy, but there's things I'm not going to dare try and do right. my own which leaves you exposed for sure right
1: exactly uh the grandparent scam is another one scammer poses as a relative child or grandchild claiming to be an immediate financial need this happened to my grandma a few years ago she got a call from somebody crying and said grandma and so she said now she's the only one who was allowed to call me this but she said jenny is that you and of oh. course they pretended to be me Thankfully, she had the presence of mind to hang up and then call me directly and said, oh, wow. "Did you just call me?" and I said, "No, I I didn't." So, but that catches you in a moment of weakness and, and you got to be on your toes with something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: Also, so, good to know about calling you Jenny yeah, don't, by the way don't for future it. reference. God <laughs> <laughs> darn it. See.
1: Shouldn't have said that. Anyway, moving right along to the next one government impersonation scam they pose as a government employee they make a threat of prosecution unless you provide funds or other payments and Mm. and this has really uh come to the forefront because of the pandemic because there's all these stimulus checks that are out there so Mm. then people can pose to be someone with the government saying if you want your stimulus check here's what you need to do so that's just another one that we need to be watching out for and then the last one sweepstakes, charity, lottery scam. They claim to work for a legitimate charitable organization to get your trust, or they claim you've won a foreign lottery, and then you can collect it for a fee. So those are the scams that have have been identified here. What sticks out to you here, Pat, as far as the biggest indicator that whoever is on the other end of your phone call isn't legit?
0: Well, before I answer that, Jen, I have to tell you that during my lifetime, I have won thousands of foreign lotteries. Not um, you I've, been notif- I've been notified thousands of times. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen any of the proceeds yet, but uh, anyway, that that one, I just I, I have to yeah. chuckle at how many how many times I've seen that one. Um, yeah, the biggest indicator you might be dealing with a scammer. I think you know there's a few things that that I would look for right off the bat. Certainly, if someone's being forceful, trying to get you a handover money or important information about you, yes. and that it has to be urgent. Clearly, that's important. Uh, and I would say it's interesting as you go through those scams, because it is, unfortunately, it's brilliant on their part, because they're hitting on each of our you know human needs and emotions with those different scams. Uh, but if anything is of a financial nature, the thing that, from a financial planning perspective, it's the same with investments. Anytime something sounds too good to be true, um, that's where your, your red flags have to go off. Uh, you know, even Bernie Madoff, for example, uh, you know, people think he was promising people fifty or one hundred percent returns. He was promising them eight percent per year every single year, which doesn't even sound that great. But yeah. <laughs> but he was he was able to scam yeah. people out of billions of dollars. So so yeah, just just be keeping in mind that common sense of okay, are they being irrational in how, how much they're pushing me, and also is it does it sound too ridiculous or too good to be true.
1: Right. You know, and and this is another one that from personal experience for people who have kids or grandkids in college, my daughter, her freshman year, she gets a job offer from some sort of executive person somewhere in the world who says they need an assistant. Here's how much we're going to pay you. We can be super flexible. It was just all the things that a college student would need. But you needed to answer right away. Mm. You have to be able to provide me with your social security number and all this documentation immediately. Otherwise, I'm going to give this job to somebody else. Mm. And so, again, it was one of those things where she and she she had started communicating with this person because she was excited that, oh, they found me in the student directory or whatever. And they picked me and we had to say, whoa. This sounds awfully awesome. So (laughs) if it's awfully awesome or too good to be true, uh, take another second or two to think about it. And just, you know, do some research, think these things through, and obviously don't give any information, uh, any of your personal identification information for any of these, uh, to any of these folks, unless you really know who you're working with. There's one more that I want to talk about, Pat, that I think probably applies more to you and what you do versus Mm. some of these online scams. And this one's really hard. The family or caregiver scam. When you see an instance where maybe a relative or an acquaintance is taking advantage of somebody vulnerable, this is a really hard one. But it does happen, unfortunately. Mm. How can working with someone like you, a financial professional, help provide some protection when you've got somebody else trying to jump in and make financial decisions for somebody.
0: Yeah, you're right, Jen. And I think that working with any trusted financial partner or guide or professional or planner, uh, I think can provide protection among all of these scams. I know certainly there have been times when clients have forwarded me emails and said, hey, is this safe? Or And it could be, you know, a bad link or it could be a You know, investment proposition, you know, any of those things. So, having someone to just bounce these things off of can be valuable. I also think you mentioned uh, earlier on kind of our cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. Any of us can be scammed. However, there are situations where, you know, when you're working with your financial planner, you build a hopefully a long term relationship. We know our clients really, really well, and we can see if they're acting differently. Um, So that might be easier for us to see than even a family member. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are times where we can help spot things in that regard. And then, yeah, to, to address this specifically, if someone close to the person who's being scammed is the one scamming them, that's, of course, one of the most painful and difficult things to go through. But that is part of what we're here for. We're here to help guide and protect our clients. And it's one of the things we have to do is we have to ask them and talk with them early in the relationship. Hey, if we see something happening that doesn't seem right, who do you trust? Who can we talk with? And unfortunately that happens in life. Sometimes there's bad things that happen and you need someone helping protect you. And so it doesn't mean it's a perfect solution, but at least it can maybe bring other family members in to help review the situation and maybe stop You know, maybe stop the scam. There are different pieces to that that just having another trusted person in your life can provide, first of all, peace of mind, but then also just another buffer and protection to you. And then hopefully uh, we look at it as, you know, our relationships.